Good morning. It's good to be with you. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Church, and we are on week two already, uh, getting ready for Easter. We're on week two of 40 Days in the Word. It's our sermon series that we are, are spending time on leading up to the Easter experience, right? So this is, this is that time that Christians throughout history has set aside. Christians have set this uh, period of 40 days, five weeks aside, sometimes it's called Lent, uh, getting ourselves ready to remember and revisit and join ourselves once again to the incredible story of Easter. And so for this Lenten series, for this journey to Easter, what we are trying to do as a church community, as a church body, is really get, uh, work up our courage some and, 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 and get into God's Word. And when I say God's Word, I mean the Bible or the Scriptures. Uh, some of what we covered last week was acknowledging that oftentimes we come to the Bible with certain predispositions, uh, baggage, uh, certain adjectives that aren't always the nicest. And it has to do with our previous history, our past, our lenses that we come to the Bible with. And we're going to try to set that aside for five weeks and allow ourselves to once again re-engage with God's Word, perhaps for the very first time. Engage with God's Word let it speak to us. Show, it, show us what it has to say for its own self. We're spending 40 days in the Word. God invites us to do that by way of the Word, which is found in Colossians 3.16, right? So this is the verse that we covered last week. How many of you feel courageous enough to say that you might, maybe, could have memorized it? Okay, a couple hands. Good for you guys, because you guys had your keychains, right? And you were using them? Okay, all right, good. So we've got keychains out there in the atrium today. If you want to keep traveling and, and working through this journey to Easter with us, uh, every week we're going to be studying a verse. And this keychain has on it each of those verses. So when you're hanging out, ordering your Crunchwrap Suprema Taco Bell, you can whip this out and go over your verses. So take one. If you don't have one, go make one after the service uh, today, and you can start to let God's Word live and dwell within you, which is exactly what the invitation in Colossians 3.16 is. Let the Word of God, the Word of Christ, dwell, live inside of you in every moment, in every decision, in every situation, wherever you go. Let God's Word go with you. That's the invitation that we are taking God up on over these next five weeks to get into his word and let it live with us. To really work up the courage to break the binding, open it up, and start to read. This week, now that we've taken God up on his invitation, the next step is to ask the question, well, how are we going to, what attitude are we going to bring when we read God's Word. What, what, what's happening as we sit down with our cup of coffee and open up the Bible? What are we bringing to the Bible? What sort of attitude, what sort of heart are we bringing to the Bible? And we can get our answer from Psalm 119. Here's going to be the big verse for today and this week. Here you go. Open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. 
Open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. We're going to unpack it. You guys ready? Here we go. Let's do it. Start with the first part of the verse. Open my eyes that I may see. This is a beautiful expression written by the psalmist. This is from the psalm, so we refer to the author as the psalmist. So this is a beautiful uh, setup for the psalmist. Open my eyes that I may see. Now, if I'm asking God to open my eyes that I may see, what is the uh, previous condition of my eyes up till right now? They might be yeah, they're closed, right? If we're saying, God, I need to, to, to see with fresh eyes and fresh perspective, I need my eyes opened up to find understanding. I need my eyes opened. That means that up till now, we acknowledge sometimes we can't see straight. Our eyes are closed. We are blind to God's activity and God's will for our lives. Have you ever been in a circumstance or situation where, where you're having a difficult moment and it's a hard time to figure out what God wants for you? Where you, you wish you could see straight. You wish you could understand what God wants for you and for your life or for your family. And you're just having a hard time distinguishing what's, what's really right and what's wrong. And, and you're overwhelmed. You're anxious. And you just can't seem to see straight. And you sit down... And you wonder what you should say to God. Well, you could say this. God, in this moment, as I'm overwhelmed, I'm frustrated, I'm having a hard time at work, I'm struggling with relationships, whatever it is, God, open my eyes. Because right now, I need to see you. I need to know that you're there. I need to understand, God, what you want for me and for my family and for this world, God. I need to see and know. What your word has to say, God. So open my eyes up so I can see. Sometimes, if we're perfectly honest, we sometimes are so uh, blinded, we are so closed, we are so shutting God out that we turn a blind eye. You ever heard that phrase before, to turn a blind eye? We turn a blind eye to, to things of destruction and sin and brokenness in our own lives that keep us from God. That we're willing to actually ignore a part of our lives that is unhealthy and unfruitful. And yet when we sit down with God's word, we're saying, God, open my eyes. Even to the brokenness that I find in myself. You see, this, this verse... It starts off as a beautiful confession, an acknowledgement. There is humility here that we don't always get life right, that we're broken, and we can't always seem to see straight. When we as Christians, if you're a Christ follower, and you want to get to know God's word. Sit down with an attitude of humility. A recognition that God is bigger and greater. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, we don't always make the perfect choices. Sometimes, 
we lose sight, we are blind to God and his activity in this world. We lose sight of his priorities and his way of living. Open my eyes that I might see. And let's be clear, this is a personal thing. This confessional attitude, this is personal. It's open my eyes. Let me see. I need to see, God, what you want for me and for my life. It's not open the eyes of my spouse, Lord, that she or he might see your will and goodness and how much she drives me crazy. Open the eyes of my teenager, God, that they might for once see straight. No, that's not what's going on here. When we as Christians sit down with God's word and take him up on his offer to get to know it, we come at it recognizing the brokenness within our own person. And in doing so, we avail ourselves to the power of transformation that God's word has for us. When we start with an attitude that recognizes our brokenness, it means that God's word, the Bible, can start to speak words of healing and of hope and restoration. You might say it like this. Open my eyes, God. Open them up that I might see the wonderful things therein. The wonderful things in your law. Now, if I were to say in this sentence, open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law. If I were to say the wonderful things in your law, if there's one positive word that stands out above all the other words, which word would you associate as being most positive? You would say the word is wonderful, right? I mean, wonderful, amazing, fantastic, incredible, right? We like that word. Now, if I were to say, which one of these words in this sentence, the wonderful things in your law, in that phrase, which one of those words makes you most uncomfortable? Uh, makes you maybe rub a little bit the wrong way, a little awkward, a little hesitant, a little nervous around it, maybe a little bit of negative connotation to it. If there's that one word that makes you a little like, ooh, you would say that word is law, Right? Law. Ooh, law. Rules, regulations, limitation, boundaries. Law. Ooh, we don't really like that word, do we? For many of us in today's context, when we read this verse, open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law, we stop and say, what? Your law. To get a better understanding, we got to go back. We got to go back to the original language, Hebrew, that we can better understand this word of law. Because if you get into the Hebrew understanding and context of the word law, oh my gosh, it's so radically different than what you and I would associate with the word law. You see, in, in the Hebrew, law is Torah. Everybody say Torah. 
Very good. Torah. Uh, this word, law, Torah, is in the Hebrew culture and context the best of possible words. It is the most life-giving, abundant, wonderful, amazing words. Torah, law. It's incredible because of what it represents and what it means. You see, it has to go again, back into that Jewish history, back into the first part of the Bible. We, as Christians, have spiritual lineage with Jewish roots and Jewish traditions. We, the first part of our Bible, is filled with the Hebrew scriptures or the Jewish scriptures, and so it's written in Hebrew. What happens is, way early on in the Bible, God comes to a guy named Abraham. You guys have heard of Abraham before, perhaps? God comes to a guy named Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, and be your God and the God of all your descendants. And so his descendants, many years later, find themselves in a real bind. They're in trouble. They're having a hard go at it. They are slaves. Whoa, not good. And yet, because God promised to be with Abraham and his descendants, God shows up and delivers all of Abraham's descendants through a guy named Moses. You heard of Moses before, yeah? Moses. Moses then takes God's people out and and says, you have a God, you have a God who promised your ancestor, forefather Abraham, he loves you, he has compassion for you, and, and God is your God, and he has been the one that delivered you from slavery. Uh, it's called the Exodus, if you've ever heard of Exodus before. It's this incredible story of redemption, uh, freedom, healing, hope. It's, it's wonderful. And as that story kind of reaches its apex and it's like incredible, awesome, good, God comes to God's people and he says, look, I just freed you. I just set you free and worked my redemptive power to deliver you. And now that you know that you are my people, I'm going to give you a set of rules, regulations, and laws that remind you of our relationship, that, that distinguish you from all the other people out there, you are set aside as my people, so I want you to live my way accordingly. I am your God, right? So I don't want you to steal. I don't want you to commit adultery. I don't want you to covet your neighbor's stuff. I want, to li- let, I want you to live in such a way that when people look at you, they know that you're different. And you can say, yeah, it's because I've got a God who delivered me and rescued me from slavery. And so God gives those people the Torah, law. You see, in the Hebrew context, law, that word, brings you to the story of redemption in God's written word. It brings you to God's freedom, deliverance, hope. That's why it can be described as just wonderful. 
to help you give a sense of how positive and life-giving this is for the Jewish people, I can remember a time a couple of years ago when I was still in seminary where I went to a Jewish synagogue. It was part of our educational process where we had to go to synagogue, and we went on a high holy day. So they're like holy days, and then there'd be like high holy days. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, these are like, whoa, big time stuff super important in the Jewish custom and Jewish tradition. So you have a bunch of us little seminarians in the back of this synagogue, and it's pretty, pretty full. It's pretty packed in there. Uh, it's not a very big room, but it's absolutely jammed with people. And, and there's a point in the service where the rabbi goes up to this uh, special cabinet. they got this special cabinet thing going on, and he pulls out of that cabinet a selection of physical Torah. Law. Bible. <laughs> he pulls out the Old Testament. And this, this rabbi starts literally parading, walking around, up and down, in and out, throughout all the people gathered, holding the Torah up high. Music starts. People start clapping. People start dancing. I mean, I remember this one mom who holds her kid up so her kid could get close. And it's like reaching out, it's little hands out towards the Torah. And people are kissing it and kissing it as it's going by. And I distinctly remember there is this most clear moment in my mind. There is one gentleman who is your stereotypical Jewish old man. Very regal. He had the beard. He had the cane. I mean, this guy was as Jewish as could be. You know what I'm talking about? And as the Torah came, as the law came, he got excited. Because he knew and understood that what was coming around closer to him was a physical, tangible expression of God's word, God's claim on his life, that God is his God and he is one of God's people. So he put his cane down. He put his gnarly little hands in the air. He did a little jig. I saw an old Jewish man jig. That's how excited he was. Because he knew and he understood that inside God's word, there is a redemptive story. There is hope and there is healing. There, there is there powerful transformation that happens when you expose yourself to God's word. This Jewish man understood that this story was his story. This word was for him. And I can tell you this morning, right here, right now, this Bible, these words... God's words. This is your story. And these words are for you. The wonderful things inside of this Bible is given to you. It is meant for you. For your family for your workplace, 
for every moment of every day in every situation that you find yourselves in, the highs and the lows, the most difficult, the scary moments, God's word continues and prevails and is at your side, living, dwelling within you. When you crack it open and begin to read of the wonderful thing God has done for you. This verse is so powerful because it acknowledges that sometimes we don't turn to God's Word, we turn to other things. In our blindness, we can't see straight. We stumble along in our anxiousness, in our uncomfort and discomfort, in our frustrations or our anger. We do stupid things. And yet we can cry out to God. We can, just like the psalmist, say, God, I can't see straight right now. So please help me. Give me eyes to read and to see, a heart to receive and know and understand the wonderful, beautiful, marvelous life that you have for me through your word. God, open my eyes that I might see and know the wonderful promises you, God, have spoken over me. God's Word, this Bible, holds wonderful things for you and for your life. None greater than the story of redemption that was found complete in the person of Jesus Christ. No greater, more wonderful moment than that of the cross, than that of Easter, which we are preparing ourselves for. When you open this Bible up and read it, you will discover the most wonderful and incredible God who loves you and is working for your good. Don't lose sight of that. Just like we did last week, we're going to give you a chance to pray and meditate on this give you a chance to let this word dwell with you, sink into you, to, to, to let it seep in. So that as you go forward in the rest of your week, as you go forward and you wake up that one morning really early with a cup of coffee and you crack open the Bible, you can start with this attitude and with this heart and with this prayer. A prayer that says, open in my eyes, God that I might see the wonderful things in your law. Let's take time right now to pray and to meditate and let that word sink in. Let's do that.
Open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law. Father in heaven, this is our prayer this day, that you would open our eyes and our understanding to the stories of redemption and healing and hope. Open our eyes to Christ within the scriptures. Help us build our lives upon your word and what you have spoken over us and to us the claim that you have on our lives as our God. Thank you for the richness of your word, the richness of your law. Give us the courage to read it, to know it, to dwell in it, that it might come and make its home with us, your people. God, thank you for the gift of your word. We ask this and we pray this all. Open our eyes that we might see the wonders of your law. In Jesus, your precious and holy name. Amen.